Amen. Thank you, Father God. Lord, we worship you. You know, the scripture says that um, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells where? In us. In us. The spirit of the living God dwells in us, right? Amen. So when God gives you that dream or that purpose or that thing that needs to be accomplished and you say, oh God, I can't do that. What does the scripture say about that? It says we can do all things through who? Through Christ Jesus. And where does Christ Jesus dwell? In us, right? So amen, you can do all things. You can do anything. But God has given some of you purposes and dreams and visions and ways to to walk towards healing and ways to walk towards mending things. And some of you are saying, but Lord God, I can't do that. And he's like, I know you can't. I know you can't do that. But the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. You have that life-giving spirit, and he is going to give you the power to do that tonight. Amen. God is going to give you the power to fulfill the purposes and the dreams that God has put into your life tonight. I'm so thankful for that. That's what separates us, right? That's what separates us. We have the power of Christ living in us. Can you, can everybody praise the Lord for that? I am so thankful for the power of Christ that lives in us. Amen. Worship team, we, this is our last night and we just want to say, Pastor Joel, thank you so much. You have ministered in worship. You have ministered in the spirit and the songs that you have chosen. We know that you have labored in prayer over this. We know that worship team, you have labored and you have given God your all. And we know God has blessed lives through this. And we are so thankful. Lord, bless this worship team. And Lord, increase their abilities. Father God, increase them. Increase their boundaries. Increase their ministry in the name of Jesus. We just thank you. We Honestly, we appreciate what you've done. Pastor Jim and Pastor Joe, thank you. What a team. You guys have an amazing pastoral staff here. They are amazing. Thank You guys are Seriously, we pray together every night before we come out here. And wow, the spirit of God is strong on your pastoral staff. Thank you guys. You guys have made us feel welcome. You, Church, you have a great team here. You have a great staff here. And we, are, we appreciate that. Thank you, Pastor Joe. Thank you, Pastor Jim, for having us. We, we've really enjoyed our time here. We've enjoyed reconnecting with some of you. Um, it's been just such a pleasure, such a joy. I know this is where Brian was raised. And some of you remember his younger days. And maybe you'd choose to forget those younger days. But <laughs> And I say, thank the Lord, I didn't know those younger days. We may not be married today. But, uh, but you know, God put us together at the right time. He knew I could handle it, right? So I'm glad for that. But God is good, and He, we are so thankful that you have invited us and that we have been able to be here. And, and as we move into, we, we feel like God is going to direct you and give you a vision tonight for what is next or, or maybe what you've already known um, but haven't had the strength or the courage or the, the ability to get there, and God is going to give you that tonight. And as he does that, um, Brian and I are in the same boat. God is moving us in directions while we still are senior pastors. Um, you know, he's moving us into a place where we feel called to go to pastors that have been in the ministry for years or, or maybe are struggling and 
hurt and and struggling um, mentally, physically, emotionally, because we all know that that um, sheep bite, right? But so does everything else. The enemy is out to get them. <laughs> you farmers know that. I've not been around sheep too much, but that's what they say. So, but <laughs> but you know. We, that that's where we feel God is calling us to make sure that pastors can be healthy because Brian went through a, a huge emotional and physical struggle in 2015. And through that time, God directed us that there are many other pastors out there that the enemy is out to stop because God's word is moving forward and the enemy doesn't want that to happen in these last days. Amen. So God um, has directed us and he has instructed us to go and make sure the pastors can be healthy so that the church can be healthy. And how many of you know you are the church, Um, not the building, but you are the church and it's God's. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. It's his desire that we have healthy pastors so our churches can be healthy. So that's the next step in our life where we're kind of moving out into and we are thankful that you were our first stop because this is where my husband got his roots and where he started so god isn't god good he did that on purpose he did that on purpose so god is good amen god we give you praise for that thank you lord so he he put that you as our first stop um and we just want to say thank you for letting us be here to minister to you. Um, if you want to keep up, but we have a, <laughs> is it a, oh, wow, that's cool. Good job, Robert. Way to go, Robert. Yeah. So I have, I have this incredible, <laughs> I have this incredible son-in-law who's a genius. I don't know how he does what he does, but he does it. Um, so we have a little website now, which is kind of cool. Um, but it's BrianGarfieldMinistries.com, and it's small right now. It's a little bitty thing, but if you want to keep up with us, jot that down and be able to um, keep up with things that we're adding and um, kind of tell our story of, of why we're doing what we're doing and what our next steps are. So thank you, church. We love you so much. And God loves you. Father God, I just want to release a blessing on Oakton United Methodist Church. Father God, these are amazing people that love you with all their heart. So God, we release the blessing tonight. God, and we know they're going to do mighty things in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Man, we had a good time. You can be seated. We had such an amazing time last night. Uh, I think it was Micah 2.13 uh, where it says that our leader will walk right into the place that the enemy. We talked about how the enemy comes in and out of our lives at his will sometimes. He just comes in and messes things up. But last night, Micah 2.13 says our leader. Everybody say Jesus. He walks in, kicks down some doors and takes us right out and walks us right by our enemies and takes us into a new land. How many know you've went into a new land in the last few days and we need to secure that and keep that in Jesus name? Well, tonight when uh, we were when Carmen began to speak about dreams and about vision and about purpose and about calling and about things that God brought you to the here and the now and the place for a reason. You're not here by accident in this world, in this time, in this place. But I kept hearing when she said that I hadn't thought about it. So right now, Lord, I just speak a resurrection to dreams. 
If you have a dream or a purpose or you something that you know that God has spoken to you and it hasn't spoken yet, I want you to bow your head in humility and I want you to say, Lord, resurrect my resurrect the dream you gave me. Resurrect the hope you gave me. Resurrect the call you gave me. Stir it up, God, in Jesus name. Amen. You know, last night we talked about control the gates, control the city. Control the gates, control the city. Um, in Genesis twenty two seventeen, if you want to look at that, I'll be reading out a King James Version. It says this. This is a promise to God, to Abraham. But Paul said that we are blessed with faith, faithful Abraham. Is anybody out there in faith? Anybody out there in faith? Well, the same blessing that came upon Abraham... Think about it. The same blessing that came upon Abraham. It says that we too are blessed with faithful Abraham. I just saw Olga and Pastor Immar. God bless you guys. God bless you guys in Jesus name. In fact, God's blessings be upon you. Amen. But but uh, so so the same blessing that Abraham had came upon us in Genesis twenty two seventeen. It says this that in blessing, I will bless you. That in multiplying, I will multiply you. I'll multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore. And your seed will possess. And here's what I want you to see. The gate of your enemy. I want you to say that my seed will possess the gates of my enemy. Amen. Control the gates. Control the city. So we have a promise here. Blessing. I will bless you. How many will want to receive the blessing right now? Blessing. The Lord says blessing. I will bless you. Multiply. Increase. Expansion. More. God wants to. He wants to pull some stakes up. And some tents or some boundaries that we've had. And he wants to widen it. It's not addition. It's multiplication. How many is looking for some multiplication? God says, I want to bless you, I want to multiply you, and I'm going to give you the gates of your city. Tonight, I believe, is a supernatural night. I believe it's a supernatural night, and I want us to receive all that God has for us. So like Paul, I pray this prayer over you. God, Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that you would give us the spirit of wisdom. And revelation in the knowledge of you. I pray that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened tonight. That we may know what is the hope of our calling. Tonight that we may know what is our inheritance. What is my inheritance as a saint and as a son or a daughter. That we might know what is the power That works in us, which Jesus Christ won when he was raised from the dead. And Jesus, you have a name above every name that everything in this earth and under this earth and above this earth, the Bible says, will bow at the name of Jesus. And the word of God says that we are your body. And Jesus Christ's ministry is alive and well in this body. And we pray that the blessing and the breath of God come upon us now in Jesus' name. And also in Ephesians 3.20, Paul said exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think, 
according to the power that works in us. Lord, stir up the gift, stir up the power, stir up the Holy Spirit in us because we've received this power so that we can be a blessing to the nations. You know, the, the enemy, control the gates, control the, Senate, the city. The enemy is always going to be at the gate. Something that I'm learning to recognize is that whenever I'm getting ready to do something, in fact, uh, uh, Billy Bob was helping me last night with some thoughts. Whenever I'm getting ready to do something, expect the enemy to be at the gates. If you didn't have something to do and you didn't have something to deliver, he would leave you alone. But if you've got something to do and you've got something to deliver and you've got something to proclaim, put some gloves on and get some fight in you and carry through that which God has called you to do. Amen. So the enemy, he's going to be there. He's going to be there to ambush. The people of Gaza were told that Samson is here, the deliverer of Israel. Well, when the enemy knows that you are here, the deliverer of Israel. I want you to see yourself with the power of Samson. I want you to quit minimizing who you are and what you can do. I want you to see yourself as a powerful woman or a powerful man of God tonight because you are. And Gaza or the enemy is going to be told, Samson's here. Samson is here. So they surrounded the place in Judges 16. They surrounded the place and they laid wait for him all night. Look at this at the city gate. The enemy's at the gate. They made no no more. They they made no move during the night, saying, "At dawn, we will kill this vision. We will kill this man." But Samson, he laid there till midnight. Then he got up and he took hold of the gates of the doors of the city. He reached down and he got in a squat like you've never seen. And he grabbed those posts. And I'm talking about cement. I'm talking about iron. I'm talking about three foot holes. This man of God reached down and grabbed those two posts. And he lifted them things out of that out of that ground and then he began to walk up a hill he walked up a hill and that hill is called Hebron later the very same hill that Jesus Christ walked up and he set those gates on that city of Hebron looking down Samson took the gates that mighty warrior took the gates 1,000 years 1,000 years later the enemy was at the gate called Jerusalem Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this earth to be a Samson, to be a deliverer, to be a mighty warrior. And the enemy was at the gate. But Jesus grabbed on a cross, a rugged cross, and he strapped it to his back. And he walked up a hill, and he went to a place called Golgotha, and he set down that cross. And it's because of the finished work of Christ, the same place that Samson dropped it, if you study it, it's the same place that Christ was crucified. And that same victory is the reason that we have victory at the gates because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. God has given us the gates. He said, I'll bless you. I will multiply you. And I I want you to say, God has given me the gates. He's given me. And you're like, well, what the world's that mean? You're going to know before you leave tonight. Control the gates. Control the city. Here's what gates are. Gates are like portals. It's almost like um, that one Stargate. I've been trying to think of that for like two days. Anybody know what Stargate is? 
it's this little circle thing and they put something in and then a portal opens up where they go to a different place. Guys, there it gates are established by the Lord. And what they are, are they are portals in the earth. They are portals in the earth in which a portal's made to heaven and it goes to the throne room of God and there's a portal, portal, portal down to earth and it needs to be opened up so heaven can come to this earth. Anybody out there say amen. amen. Now, Jacob, let me see where this is at. Now, Jacob, this is in uh, Genesis 28, 10. Now, Jacob, Genesis 28, 10, and it's NLT. Now, Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. So he came to a certain place. Guys, listen closely to this. Jacob, he went to this place and he stayed there all night because the sun had set. We're talking about Jacob. He took a stone. It got late. He found a stone. He took a stone. He took a stone of the place and he put it behind his head and he laid down on the ground and he went to sleep with a stone that he picked up. So that stone, everybody say, was his pillow. It was his pillow. And he laid down to sleep. Listen to this. And I feel this prophetically. Then he dreamed. The Lord specifically spoke to me about certain people in this room. That God wants you to dream again. That Satan has tried to stop your dream. That Satan has tried to stop your vision. That Satan has tried to stop your confidence that you're God's man. Or you're God's woman. And God spoke to me and I put it in highlights in my notes. He says, then he dreamed. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is saying, I want you to dream again. If your vision has been put off, if what you've been thinking was going to happen, if it's tarried, wait for it. It will speak. It will come. It will happen. Don't lose faith. Don't give up right before the prophet comes. Don't give up. In 1 Samuel, uh, uh, um, Samuel told King Saul, don't offer the sacrifice until I come. But the enemy was coming in. And all of his soldiers were getting nervous. And, and, and they were starting to shake and they were saying, we've been, we're being surrounded. And Saul was like, no, Samuel said, don't do this till I come. Don't do this till I come. And the people started scattering. And at the last minute, Samuel offered the sacrifice before Samuel got there. And the word of God says this. As he was doing it, the prophet came around the corner. Guys, don't give up when the answer's right around the corner. Don't lose hope. When it's right there, that what you've been waiting for, that what you've been fighting for, it's right here. Don't lose hope. Dream again. And after you dream, listen, when you dream, a ladder is set up in this portal. A portal's heaven to earth, earth to heaven. A ladder. Jacob saw a ladder erected on the earth. And it reached up to heaven. Look at this. And the angels of God were going up and down this ladder, ascending and descending on it. 
And I love this part. And the Lord stood at the top. I want you to think of Jacob laying at the bottom of the ladder with his head on a rock. And I want you to see angels ascending and descending through this portal. This is real. And then I want you to see the Lord God standing at the top of that portal. The Lord God stood there and he said, and I think it's kind of interesting, it starts like this. I am. I am. Same thing he told Moses. I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, and the one which, 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 the land on which you lie, I'm going to give it to you, and your descendants see the promises there, and your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth and the spread above the, the west and the east and the north. In other words, you see this multiplication, this spreading out that we're talking. And in you, everybody say, in me. Say it again, in me. In me, the seed is going to be established. And listen to this. All the families of the earth are going to be blessed because I'm doing what God's called me to do. And all the families. That hit me. All the families are going to be blessed on the earth. Behold, I am with you. I'll keep you wherever you go. I'll bring you back to the land. I'll not leave you. So we get some assurance stuff. What I have spoken to you. Look, verse 16. Then... Jacob woke up. He woke up. He woke up. Then Jacob woke up from his sleep and said, Whoo, surely the Lord was in this place. There's none other than this is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. See, he even recognized the portal. This is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose up and he took the stone that he had put on his head And he said, this stone will be the pillar of the temple that God's going to build in this foreign land. This stone, I'm going to keep this stone. It's going to go with me from now on. And in this place, we are going to establish a work. We are going to establish God's purpose. We are going to establish God's plan right here where I had this dream. And this stone that I used for a pillow will be, this pillow will become a pillar. It's going to become a pillar. And it's going to be the cornerstone. And we're going to build a place called Bethel. You know what Bethel, you know what Bethel means? House of bread. Bethel means house of bread. So it's going to be a place where all the people and all the families can come to this place. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, dream again. Dream again. See God standing at the portal of heaven and you're down there on the earth. Hear him speak confidence to you. Hear him say that you're my man. You are my woman. Stir that up again. Believe it again. And then take that dream and watch it become a reality. It might be a business. God may be telling somebody to start another business. It may be a farmer that God's telling you to take a risk and buy some more land. Why? Because God needs finances to establish his will in the earth. There's all different ways people can serve. I kept hearing the Lord say this for tonight that we're the body and each joint needs to supply. Everybody say each joint supply. So whatever you are in the body, by golly, supply it, would you? Would you supply it? 
so that the body of Christ can be 100% full and effective in taking this land. So we're seeing this happening. So, so that's the first thing. The next thing is God has given you. Seb might say God has given me. I want you to personalize it. I want you to get some confidence tonight. Gary Dumb said something to me yesterday that I'm never ever going to forget. I told my dad I love looking out and seeing my Uncle Walt because he's always got this big smile on his face when, when I'm preaching it. Just like, go get him, nephew. But I, I, Gary Dumb came up to me, the fathers and the mothers, Paula and Gary, the people that, 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 that have been here since I was a little tight, little guy. In fact, Joel Berry, if he was here, he whipped me a couple times. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, uh, Gary, 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 last night or the night before, right over there, he said, Brian, me and Paula have always had great confidence in you. Extremely high confidence in you. We have really always had confidence in you. And I said, Gary, The reason that means so much is because that is the very thing that the enemy tries to take from me. Do you know what? I'm I'm okay with preaching as long as I have confidence and I have peace. But man, if I don't have confidence that the Lord is with me, that's why it's so important when Jacob said, man, the Lord is with you. Where you go, I'm going to go. What you do, I'm going to do it for you. But man, why are you saying that? Because God is telling me to say to you tonight, personalize the word. Personalize the word. Be confident. God has given you the keys of the kingdom. The keys for your kingdom. Stand and say, Lord, I love lifting my hands up every day and saying, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Open up heaven and let me be your portal on earth to bring about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, whatever I see the Father do, that's what I'm doing here on the earth. And in John chapter 16, the Holy Spirit says three times, I'm in heaven. I'll show you what God wants to do in heaven. And then you can let it happen in the earth. You can let it happen. God gives you the keys. He gives you the key to your neighborhood. He gives you the key to your marriage success. He gives you the key to your business where the world will be itching their heads saying, how did he do that? How did she do that? God gives you the keys. I want us to see your kingdom come. Your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. We are God's managers of these portals. We are God's managers. I want you to see that portal, portal. I hope more open up tonight. Maybe there's a portal that's been shut down for quite some time. Maybe there's portals that have never been opened. You are a portal from heaven. You have a dream. God will lay your head down on a rock just like Jacob and he'll stand at the top and he speaks purpose to every single person. Every single person. And you stand in the boldness of God every day. And you call those things which be not as though they are. And you get in agreement and alignment with the word of God. And never be afraid to take action on what God's telling you to do. 
Because God wants to do something through His people. We are His managers. That word came to me. Managers of these portals between heaven and earth. I think it was 2014, right before that nervous breakdown thing. I was in Crystal Lake, Illinois. And the Lord said, get up and go downstairs. And I got up and and I went downstairs when the Lord was teaching me this stuff. I got up and I went downstairs and I sat in a chair. And in the spirit, I saw myself as a general. Sitting in the chair. Commanding the armies. That were in the land. I saw myself. We are God's generals. Over these porters. We're the managers. We're the generals over these porters. We are partners. Everybody say partners with him. Establishing his rule and reign on this earth. It's important that we understand this. Double kingdom mentality. There's two kingdoms happening. There's a kingdom that you see. And there is a kingdom that you don't see. And so as a portal manager and steward. You've got to be able to see in both kingdoms. You have to realize that you are the representative because God gave man, Adam, and we regained that through Jesus Christ. Women and men, we are his spokesmen. We are his ambassadors. He has given us authority in this earth. An angel's not going to do it and something else is not going to do it. He chose people to do it. And he gave you, you're created in his image and his likeness. And because of Christ, we go back to the same authority that Adam walked in. Let's walk in it. Let's walk in it. Hold your hands up and know that what you're proclaiming when you proclaim the word of God, that it is moving and that it is working. Believe it. Believe it. Understand this double kingdom mentality. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 12. Norma 612, New King James Version. She's amazing. Most people turn in their outlines. I was still writing this outline about 645. (laughs) But uh, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Y'all with me? But against principalities. Guys, I've studied this for years. Principalities are the minions. They're the weakest. It's levels. It's levels in the spirit. It's levels in the dark side. Just like we have, oh jeez, I don't even know, generals, lieutenants, corporals, and all those different titles. There's different titles in the underworld or in the other world. Principalities are the weakest. They're the weakest. Remember a third of heaven went with Satan when he was cast out. A third of the angels went with him. So principalities are the weakest, and then powers are the next level, and then rulers of darkness of this world. Of this world. There's three heavens, because Paul said he was taken up to the third heaven. So if there's three heavens, the first one is this world that we live in. This It's the world. The second heaven is the unseen world, and it's between heaven, and it's between this world. And that's where spiritual wickedness is. Spiritual wickedness is in the second heaven. And the third heaven is where we die when we go to be with Jesus. That's where He is. That's where the throne of God is. What do you mean dual 
kingdom. What do you mean partnering with God? Here's what I mean. You are God's ambassador against darkness in this world. You have been given power over principalities, against powers, and against rulers of darkness. The way you partner with God is He, on the other side, takes care of that spiritual wickedness that will kick your tail. And that's His side of things. Those babies are tough. Okay? Those are the tough ones. All right, prove that to me scripturally. Okay? Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10 is the best depiction of what I just told you. Daniel chapter 10, Daniel was in Persia, and there was a king, everybody say in Persia, a king of Persia. His name was Cyrus. Daniel was in prayer, and he was fasting for 21 days. How many know it now? The 21 days of fasting. He, what was he doing? He was calling, he was crying, he was the, he was the person at the bottom of the portal. And there was a portal to heaven and he was saying, Lord, your kingdom come. Your people are afflicted. We're in bondage here. We're starving. They burned our houses down. We're in exile. Uh, your word says we're supposed to be coming out. It, it seems like it's past time. I'm crying out. I'm holding you to your word, Lord. We're not supposed to be here. We're supposed to be out of here. That's what he was doing. He was crying out to God. He was told not to do that. He Flew open the curtains. That's why we got to quit walking in fear and intimidation. He was told, you shut up. You don't pray. You stop speaking that stuff. By golly, is there any men and women of God that will throw open the curtains and say, stick it, devil. I'm getting on my knees and I'm going to call out those things which God has put in my heart into this earth. So Daniel was doing his part, partners, Daniel was doing his part in this world. Norman, if you don't care, leave that other one up, please. Um, He was doing his part in this world. But on the other side of things, there was a real battle going on that Daniel couldn't see. Okay? You know what? When you think God's not answering your prayer, and when you think he's late, and when you think he forgot about you, don't you forget about me. Don't, 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 don't. Okay? When you think he's forgot about you, okay? When all that's happening, God says, Daniel, do not be afraid. Since the very first day you began to pray for understanding, try to figure out what is happening here, Lord. What's going the day you humbled yourself before me? Your request has been heard in heaven. I have come to answer your prayer. But. Norma, if you want to, you can pull Daniel 10, 13 and 14. But the prince of Persia. The prince of Persia. The Persian kingdom has resisted me. I'm talking on that side of things. 21 days. He was so tough. That I had to send Michael, the strongest chief prince. I had to call in some backup, some recruits, because this prince of Persia was a tough dude. Daniel had to be called in to help me. I was detained there with the king of Persia. 
He, he was carrying back the word, the answer. Now I've come to explain to you the future of your people. The future. I've come to explain it to you. I've come to deliver the word. For the vision concerns a time that has not yet come. See, we are partners with God. And there was a... We, we deal with principalities, powers. That's why the, the scripture says, um, when, when, when Jesus said, Hey, Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter said, well, you're Christ, the son of the living, living God. And then think about this. Jesus said, flesh and blood has not, listen, revealed that to you. See, some of you feel like well, you are saved. You got don't, you're, there's a lot of you that are saved. But you really don't, you don't have revelation yet of the power of Christ that lives in you. And that's why God said, flesh and blood has, you know what? I can't even reveal this to you. Who do you say Jesus is? Parker, who do you say Jesus is? Who do, Sean, who, who do you say Jesus is? Who do you, some of you, with your actions, say, he can't take care of my problems. He never shows up. He's late. He, that's who some of your Jesus is. That is not my Jesus. Uh, uh, he, he, you may not say it with your mouth, but you say it with your actions. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not doing what God called me to do because I don't feel it when I'm doing it. And I don't feel a, a, a strength and a grace to do it. And I'm not seeing any results. So... Who do you say he is? Who do you say he is? Is he prince of peace to you that have no peace? Is he mighty God to you that feels like he's not mighty? Is he the strength giver to you who feel weak? Who do you say he is? Flesh and blood can't reveal that to you. That's why I started this sermon, because I, the Lord said this is going to be a supernatural service. And I prayed Ephesians 1, may God the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ give you tonight the spirit of wisdom that you can understand these teachings. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That you would know the hope you're calling. That God the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ would give you the spirit of wisdom. Flesh and blood can't reveal this stuff. You listen to all the podcasts you want. You, you, you go all the self-help seminars you want. Flesh and blood cannot reveal to you who God is. Only He can. Only sitting in His presence. Only learning who His character is and learning who He is. Like, I know God can't do bad. Because his character is good. I know he can't love, he can't hate because he can't go against his character. His character is love. When you begin to know the character of God and the attributes of God, then that's when it's revealed to you to where we can look at whatever you're facing or whatever God's calling and we can say, Pastor Jim, who do you say God is? He's the God that's going to save this community. He's the God that's going to give us our schools. 
He's the God that's going to take back my wayward son. Or my wayward. Is anybody out there tonight? He, flesh and blood have, and then, and then he said this, upon this rock. Brothers and sisters, everything else is sinking sand. Everything else is seeking sand. Upon this rock, the rock of the word. Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build something. Is there any builders out here? God's about growing. God's about building. God's about, it's getting better all the time. We should be getting better physically. We should be getting better physically. We should be getting better spiritually. We should be getting better. Every day I say, my blood pressure is exactly what it's supposed to be. My sugars are exactly what they're supposed to be. My chemicals in my mind, because they weren't in 2015. My chemicals are exactly what they're, we're getting, I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting bolder. Because God, why? Because upon that rock, I'm going to build. God is build, He's a builder. He wants to build with you. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Now back to that scripture. You're the steward and the manager of the earth over principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. That's why a lot of times in scripture, you know, humbly we always, humbly we say, humbly we say, um, say, say, Lord, and the, and the scripture does, I, I hope I don't lose people on something this small, but I know the scripture says, say things in Jesus name. I've given you my name. Use it. Use it. It's all through John 14, 15, 16. But there's also many times in scripture they just said silver. Well, that one they used Jesus, silver and gold of a nun. But such have given in the name of Jesus, get up and rise, rise up and walk. But there's many times it's just be healed. Be healed. Be loosed. Depression, be gone. You can do that. We have his name. Use his name. But there's also places in scripture where you just say it. Why? Because you've been given that authority. You've been given that authority. You've been given that authority. Personally, I say in Jesus' name, if some of you got hung up on that. I say in Jesus' name most of the time. But I can show you in Scripture where they just said, be healed. Be loosed. Why? Because we have power in this world over principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. And whatever, I like NLT on this. And what he said, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. I've given you the keys to your future. And whatever you forbid on earth is forbidden in heaven. Partnership. Daniel is forbidden the prince of Persia in the earth, the physical blood person, king of Persia, Cyrus. Daniel's fighting him on the earth. But God in the heavenlies is fighting the prince of Persia in the spirit. That's partnership. That's partnership. And when you partner with God, whatever's being forbidden, that's, that, that, that's why you gotta have that, 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 that oneness with the Spirit. Where Jesus said, me and the Father, we're one. But He also said that we and He are one. Guys, there's a oneness that God, we get in a oneness with God. Where we know His will. We know His word. 
We know His purposes. We're walking in stride with Him. There's a symphony. That partnership, there's a symphony. Okay? Okay? But when that's happening, whatever we loose or forbid on the earth, is forbidden in the heavenlies. In other words, if you're punching depression in the earth, God's punching the Spirit in the heavenlies. Is everybody with me? And whatever you release in the earth is being released in heaven. Now remember these angels are going up and down. Angels do the bidding of the Lord. When you pray and speak God's Word, angels move. That's why you got to speak God's Word. When, when, when you behold the vision or the excellence or what God... Alright, I have a vision, I have a dream, it's from heaven, I'm the porter, por, portal, I know what it is. And then you begin to command it in the earth, angels are moving like crazy establishing the Word. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you naysayers and you negative people to stop it. Stop it. Stop using your words. That's one you have to work on. I I still haven't got that one. See, I just did it. I still haven't got that one. I'm going to get that one conquered. I'm going to get this mouth in agreement with God's word and what he says. And not what my circumstances say and not what people say. I'm going to align and I'm going to agree with the word. I'm going to act on his word. Why is that so important? Angels are angels. This stand is a stand. It's made to hold things. Um, this box is made to hold Kleenexes. Kleenexes are used for lots of things. You can wipe, wipe makeup off. You can clean stuff up. You can knock dust off. That's what you do with a napkin. Angels are angels. Angels carry out words. Words. So, when you're declaring the Word of God on the earth, two-thirds of heaven's angels, God's people, they're moving on behalf of the Word of God. They're moving. But guys, there was a third of angels that fell with Lucifer. They're angels. They move on words. They'll move on your... They'll agree with you. They'll agree that you're sick. They'll agree that you're never going to do anything. And they'll move. They'll, they'll partner with you too. They will partner right up with you. They will partner with you saying your marriage is never going to work. They will partner with you to say your business is going to fail. And they'll, they'll do your bidding for you. But when we do the bidding of the Lord, these angels are more supreme. And they're more powerful. Watch what you say. Watch what you say. Watch what you say. Put a guard on your mouth. I always say, Lord, your word has been written on my mind and my heart. And out of the, if his word is written on my mind and on my heart, out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. And when I put on the armor of God every day, I do not see the sword as something in my hand. I see the sword like it was in Revelations 21 coming out of Jesus' mouth. 
the sword is the, is our words out of our mouth. So I don't see a sword in my hand. I see a sword coming out of my mouth. And I'm going to walk in agreement with the Lord. I'm telling you guys, that is important. If you're going to be a manager of a portal, of one of these portals, if you're going to establish God's kingdom on the earth, you got to know some of this stuff. You have to know some of this stuff. Um, you know, we're about done here. I think we can probably start getting ready for prayer time. But let me do one more thing, one more scripture. Norma, if you want to pull up Romans 12, 5 through 8 in NLT. Man, there's another amazing one. Norma. Let's just thank God for Norma right now. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Lord, I thank you that that joint is supplying. Lord, I thank you that when I was a snot-nosed teenager... That, that, that was disrespectful to parents and disrespectful to authority and was a troublemaker and didn't want the things of God. Thank you for Norma that showed up at MYF and loved me like Jesus would love. Thank you for her faithfulness in Jesus' name. This all, that has a reason. Because what God wants to do, He wanted to show you your portals. He wanted to show you that your partners Hopefully we've given you some keys where you can work, walk more in authority and stuff like that. But the last thing I'm going to challenge you with is I, I got to tell you something. Um, Kent's asked me to um, to meet back with him in a couple months. And I, I've been praying over this church. And I got to tell you something. The one thing I'm going to tell him is I'm going to say, Kent, you have amazing staff. That you're not hindered with staff. The staff's amazing. Uh, you guys need to thank God for your staff and pray for them. And you and guys, you don't 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 dishonor Kent and say Kent that I knew growing up. Kent, my brother. Like when my brother Mark looks at me, and even my dad and mom, I know they separate. Mom separates, I'm her baby, and right now I'm the, I'm the man of God speaking on God's behalf. They can separate that. And that's why pastors can't really have friends. Uh, my brother Mark has always showed me supreme respect. He, he, he worked in Chicago with me. People say family can't work together. You don't know my family. We can. We can because we yield to each other. There's a respect. It's always been there. Kenda showed that to me. A lot of pastors can't have friends because if we start getting, if we start being your buddy through the week and we start hanging out and you see us in the natural or you get familiar with us, then you can't hear the word when we need to be anointed vessel of God. And so you just put yourself on the same plane as the man of God. You're not the man of God. You're not the man. You guys... As much as you all can think that you're, you can be a better pastor at times, if you were, God would have you doing it. You're not. God appoints and He puts people in positions. You know, Coach Nagy, with, we've had stinking Trubisky and then we got that guy from, um, Philadelphia Eagles. What's his name, Mark? Nick Foles. 
Who even has a name? No, that guy's a believer. I'm going to be careful. I'm teasing. Oh, jeez. Now I got, we got Dalton. I wanted, I wanted, uh, I wanted, uh, I wanted Wilson with Seattle Seahawks. Do I have Russell Wilson? Do I have any football fans here? Come on. So I want to rest. Well, anyway, I think I'm a better coach than Coach Nagy. But you know what? I'm not a better coach than Coach Nagy. If I was a better coach than Nagy, I would be the coach. There's too many Monday morning quarterbacks in churches. Listen to me. Can't you can you can pay me later for this? No. <laughs> Guys, listen to me. Don't get too familiar. It's hard enough pastoring in your hometown. Jesus could do very little in his hometown because they familiarized him. Hey, let let Kent's ministry, let Mark's ministry, let people's ministry that's in their hometowns, let it let it flourish. Let it flourish. Get behind them. Get behind them. Okay. But here's so that's one thing is on my head. The other thing is I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell Kenny he's got incredible staff. I want to tell this church don't get too familiar with him. There's times he's not your buddy. He's not your pal. He's your pastor. It's true. Like it's true. Okay. Here here's another thing is I felt the Lord say Brian Oakton is not, they're not, they're not, everybody's not doing their part. You know, it's time to quit, it's time to quit blaming COVID. It's time to quit blaming COVID. We can't get it, we can't, well, I'm not going to say that. Thank you, Lord, that we do have children's workers. But we've got to convince them that they're called the children's ministry because everybody's, hey guys, some, some up, up, up north, it is kind of nicer to stay in your pajamas and watch it online. But God called us to forsake not the assembling. There's a difference. But yet at the same time, I also thank God for that. Listen, guys, we're, we Church on the Rock is reaching more people. I praise God that God took COVID and turned it to good. Guys, we got congregations popped up all over the United States to where one of the things BGM's doing is I'm going around and finding these pockets of people that are watching us online and I don't even know who they are, but there's 30 or 40 of them watching in, in Florida and there's 12 or 15 of them watching in southern Missouri and then there's uh, 15 or 20 watching out in Colorado to where I'm finding these places and we're going to pull our fifth wheel out there and say... Hey, let's establish a church here. You're already with us anyway. Okay? Are you all with me? So, um, God takes everything moves to good. But, I felt the Lord say that it's time for everybody to get back in the pocket and, and, and re-find who... And here's the thing. It may have changed. Guys, don't get locked in to what you've always done. Callings change. That's why I like doing, we have what's called shape, where you do spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, passion, and experiences. And we help, we, we do, we help everybody find a mission statement. Okay? I always encourage everybody to go through that again every three years. Your mission statement can change. Dad, how many times has your mission statement changed? It, it can change. We, we, we become what God needs. 
Okay? My mission statement's changing in doing the BGM. It changes. So as you re-enter, it might be advantageous to look again and pray about what is it God wants you to do. Some of you may be, be God may want to promote. Some of you that may have been a host of a group, God may be asking you to lead. Some of you that may be leading, he may say, well, you need a dose of servanthood and you need to build the heart to where you need to help with the cleaning. Do something that builds the heart. It changes. But I felt the Lord say, if he has us come back, I think what we need to do is we need to help everybody define their place in the body and roll up their sleeves and do it. Guys, we can't have a body that's 20% effective. Everybody wants Jesus Christ, full ministry happening in the earth. It's the body. Each joint supplying. What's the man's name that shuts this up every night? Randy? Randy, you do that? Well, I know you. I was thinking that guy on the back row, I can't think of his name. He, he, Jim helps. Man, I, you're the guys that I'm like, God bless you. God bless you for locking this thing up. God, okay, that's enough. Off the soapbox. Hey, we're ending with this scripture. Norman, did you find that one in uh, Romans 12, 5 through 8? Okay. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In His grace, grace is the ability to do something you can't do. In His grace, God has given us different gifts. We're doing certain things well. So if God's giving you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you to do it. Do it. I wanted to share something with you, but the Lord said, no, it's personal. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If you're a teacher in children's church, don't show up not looking at your curriculum. Don't, don't, don't go to children's church having not prayed for those children name by name, face by face. Why? Because one of the things that I teach our church is we pray for our people name by name, face by face. Well, how do you pray for over 600 people name by name, face by face? I've created a structure, a pastoral care structure, where everybody in our fa- everybody in our church family is prayed for every week. All of you. You're min- okay, so, so if you're a teacher, teach well. Be prepared. Study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word truth. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If God just tells you to come to church and make people feel good, do that. Be an encourager. If it's give, give with gen- give generously. If God has given you a leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. If you have the gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Are you all with me? Okay. 
Praise team, if you want to come forward, please. I just ask you to bow your head right now and try to wrap your mind around what we've talked about tonight. I want you to wrap your mind around that God wants to bless you. He wants to multiply you. He wants to give you the gates of the city. I want you to wrap your mind around being confident. I want you to think. I want Right now, I just want you to think about a portal going to heaven with a ladder on it. And God is speaking who you are. He is telling you what your assignment is. Right now, if you'll ask him. In fact, um, um, Christina, when I preach, I forget everybody's name. Sometimes I don't even know my parents' name. Christina. Right. Um, if Just piano for just a minute. I, I like what you do there. Because I really want people to think. What is it? If God stand up, what is the hope of my calling? What is the part that I'm supposed to supply? What is this, Lord? I want you to see yourself. I want you to see a portal. I want you to, I want you to with confidence, if God's telling you to lift your arms up and go to the Lamar Elementary School and hold your hands up every morning and say, I declare the kingdom of God come upon this school and every one of these kids are going to know Jesus, then do that. I want you to have confidence. You guys that, you guys and women that have quit dreaming. That you, I love that movie, The Elf, where that, where that funny guy goes, ooh, he's an angry elf. You know, sometimes you can become an angry elf to where you, because you think that things haven't been delivered. Things haven't happened. Things haven't panned out. You, some of you need to ask God to forgive you because truth of the matter is you're upset with Him. You need to ask God to forgive you for being upset with Him. That You feel like He's disappointed you. Not giving you things the way that you thought. Right now, I want you to position yourself if you need to. If you, I want you to dream again. God may tell some of you to lay down on the floor and put a Kleenex thing under your head and stay here an hour. But I want you to dream. I want you, if you've had a dream or a vision and it's not, it's lost its fire, it's lost its passion. I'm here to tell you that you heard from God and you need to remain steady and stable and hold the line. That though it tarry, wait for it. It's going to come. It's going to come. Come on, put your faith in God tonight. Dream again. Dream again. Don't be afraid to dream. After I had that nervous breakdown, I was afraid to dream again. It took me a long time to feel again. And to dream again. If you've had the air knocked out of you through life or ministry or people, I just feel, I just, 
Right now, the Lord's speaking to a, a, a woman. And he's saying, you've been judged. You've been labeled. And you've been sized. And you've been told this or that. But the Lord says, that is not me. And I do not think that they are misrepresenting that. Right now I speak to the Lord's, I thought it was one woman, but it's multiple women. That that you have been stepped, there's a woman here that's been stepped on by her husband. There, there, there's, there, yes, there's a woman that, that her husband just won't let her loose and won't let her fly. This, that's something I respect about Joyce Meyer's husband is he lets her fly. He's secure to let her fly. Right now, there's a husband that needs to loose his wife. Even if her ministry's, it's a ministry. It's a ministry. Even if her ministry's more than yours, let her loose. Let her fly. Support her. Well, I wanted to be the leader. Maybe she's the leader. Support. You that have had gifts, I want to remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. The Lord's telling me this, that some of you are taking care of your lives, your life, while His temple is lying in ruins. And the Lord is saying, consider your ways. How can you take the gifts that I've given you and only use them for your pleasures and your success in this life? For the Lord would say unto you that it's all going to burn. What does it do you if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul? The Lord would say unto you that while you're sitting on the sideline, there is a conveyor belt of people that are missing heaven and going on hell waiting for you to get off the bench and get in the game. The Lord is saying, the Lord is saying to fan in the flame the gift of God that we are not, it's okay to use your gift to succeed in this world, but now I want you to give that gift to the Lord and say, I'm going to use my gift to make heaven flourish. Submit that to the Lord. And the Lord would say unto you that do that. If you take care of my house, I'll take care of your house. What you're doing in yourself, if you'll take care of my house, the Lord says, I will, what's addition will become multiplication. And you're going to be less stressful, says the Lord. You're going to be less stressful and you're actually going to enjoy life because you're run ragged and you don't have enough time. But the Lord would say, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is what the Lord says. May I remind you. Holy Spirit, I want you to, you that have gifts, you that know God is speaking to you. You're pulling that gift. I want you to just offer it up to the Lord. And the Holy Spirit 
Holy Spirit, by your Spirit, fan in the flame right now. Fan in the flame the gift of God. The gift of God. It's not something you need to go get. It's already in you. Paul told Timothy, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Don't neglect it. And here's the other thing that the Lord told me to do tonight. Paul said, I long to see you. I long to see you that I may impart to you a spiritual gift. So that you may be established. If God is calling you to something. If God is calling you to something. Here's when I know. Everything God's calling me to do with BGM. I want everybody to look at me just a second. The Lord just showed me this in the last two months. When you discover your true spiritual identity. See, some of you have an identity that might have been your identity at one point or time, or it's been, identif- it's been an identity that you created. But when you truly identify your true DNA and your true spiritual, D- your true spiritual identity of the Lord, listen to me, it will be outside of your ability. It will be outside your expertise. It will be outside your comfort zone. It will be outside of you. Because then that's when God can be real big. Because you're out of the way. And He can be glorified. John said, may I decrease that He may increase. Heads bowed again. If God is speaking to you. And you feel a calling in an area. And it's kind of freaking you out a little bit. Is there, if this is really happening, I want you to, and you feel like that you don't have the grace or the gift or the ability to carry it out, what you feel like you're supposed to do. I want you to stand up and come forward. Because I really felt God tell me to say Romans 1, 11. Where Paul said, I long to see you that I may impart to you a spiritual gift to establish this. So God's rule and plan and purpose. Maybe there's a new anointing. Maybe there's a new baptism in the Holy Spirit that some of you need tonight. But if you want hands laid on you, Carmen and I are going to lay hands on you, on people that want that. And then that will conclude what we're doing.